Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. The first East Macedonian Thrace Forum took place in Alexandrupoli this week and put a spotlight on the role of this region in upgrading Greece's geopolitical footprint. Naturally, discussions focused on the role that the port city of Alexandrupoli is playing as a major defense hub for Greece, the U.S., and NATO, as an energy hub, and more generally in strengthening the region's position as a gateway to Europe, the Middle East, and Asia. Expert Nicolas Katsimbras joins me to look at the importance of highlighting this region, the central role Alexandrupoli is playing in U.S.-Greek strategic cooperation, and more. Nicolas Katsibras is a lecturer in Columbia University's Negotiation and Conflict Resolution Program, an international affairs consultant, a veteran officer of the Hellenic Navy, and is on the board of the Hellenic American Leadership Council. Nicola, great to have you back on The Greek Current, as always. Thank you, Thano. Always uh, glad to be here. I feel like home. This week, Alexandrupoli hosted the first East Macedonian Thrace Forum. Why was this a significant event for the region? First of all, congratulations to Amokos, his team, and uh, Michalis Agnatiu and Niki and their team, because this is very important to start thinking about Greece being not just Athens, right? We see that the most strategic places for Greece over the past few years emerging for their strategic importance are not in Athens. They are down south in Suda, and now we have Alexandrupoli up north. Specifically, Alexandrupoli has emerged as a key strategic point after the Ukraine war. It's a logistics hub, it's an energy hub, and it's one of the biggest, most important developing places in northern Greece that will help in the future Europe transition out of its dependence on Russian gas. So for a number of reasons, Alexandrupoli has been in the center of many strategic investments by the U.S. and Greece over the past few years, and now we see them coming to fruition. Nicola, you brought up how this is a key area for both Greek and U.S. strategic cooperation and planning. Since this is your area of expertise, what are some of the key examples that we're seeing, particularly on the military side? Okay, I will break it down. It's important to see some examples of how both the you know Greek and U.S. Army, the Navy, and the Air Force have developed the closest collaboration over the past few years they've ever had. First of all, Army. One of the things that your listeners should be aware of is Alexandrupoli specifically was used by the U.S. at the beginning of the war, the invasion of Russia and Ukraine, to transport heavy, heavy military equipment closer to Ukraine and, and to Ukraine, actually. For example, Blackhawk helicopters, they were transported via ships. They entered the port of Alexandrupoli and then they were assembled there and then they were shipped out. They were able to fly closer to wherever they were intended to fly close to the operation region. So that part of the U.S. Army, the Greek Army, the authorities using Alexandrupoli as a hub for logistics in order to very quickly deploy military equipment, heavy military equipment closer to Russia, bypassing the Bosporus, the straits that Turkey has been sort of controlling access into the Black Sea, bypassing that in order to reliably making sure they can get close to Ukraine, that's a huge deal. So that was the first part, army uh, collaboration for all the vehicles and also helicopters to get closer to Ukraine. The second one with the Navy, for me, it's a big deal as a former Greek Navy officer. After the invasion of uh, Ukraine, NATO decided there will be a standing group of a U.S. carrier strike group, always present in the Mediterranean and mostly Eastern Mediterranean. Now, this is a huge deal for us because this is bringing up Suda's strategic importance even higher. Why? Suda, again, this is a point we've made repeatedly. You know, you, Andy, the whole team has been making this point on the hill. Suda is the only port in the Mediterranean that can host U.S. carrier 
alongside. Actually, it can be berthed and can be fully serviced. All other ports require the carriers to be anchored. So that's a huge deal. Now that we have a permanent presence of U.S. air carrier strike groups. Now, in Greece, we know this because we see on the news so many of them every few months being on Piraeus, Suda. So Suda has been upgraded just because of that. But my favorite one by far is Air Force collaboration and something the U.S. did independently out of its own volition, like an initiative it took in October 2022, when it was the first time when U.S. ran this air defense exercise in Cyprus, but taking off from Suda. So you had U.S. fighters, F-22s, F-35s, and they took off from Suda airport and they went over to Cyprus. They collaborated with the Cyprus air defense and then they came back, which is a huge deal for Again, uh, strengthening the military ties with Cyprus as well, with Greece, and defending, essentially, enforcing uh, Cyprus sovereignty, which actually, I would say, pissed off Turkey for that, which was a historic mission, historic training mission, that, that specific one. Nicola, beyond this cooperation that you laid out for us on the military-to-military military level, there's also cooperation on the defense industry that we've read about. Can you give us some examples of that? Yeah, actually, that is something I'm very passionate about. I come from an Air Force family, and I grew up with technicians, also not just pilots. And what we see over the past few years is the following. The Greek aerospace industry has been collaborating very closely with Lockheed Martin. One, for its own programs and needs. But secondly, Lockheed Martin has opened its own little shop inside EAV, the Hellenic Aerospace Industry. Now, this specific shop that they have in cooperation with EAV have managed to make EAV a subcontractor for the assembly line of F-16s and the latest version of C-130J cargo planes. Now, this is a huge deal because something that people don't really know is crucial parts of new F-16s for certain orders of F-16s are manufactured in Greece. Specifically, we have the air intakes, we have a big part of the fuselage and fuel tanks. So right now, there are foreign F-16s flying out somewhere carrying Greek air intakes, like the lungs are Greek. The same thing happens with the C-130s. The biggest part of the fuselage are Greek that are made, and this is a big deal because F-16s and C-130s are the workhorses of most NATO countries uh, right now. Now, unfortunately, Greece hasn't invested in its own uh, military industry so far. We have major shortcomings there. And the future for AV is critical. Now there are actually discussions for privatizing AV. So I think that it's extremely important to highlight those little success stories of how capable AV is to carry out such very delicate, highly complex and technological challenging projects, capitalize on them, develop them further, hire people because there are so many problems with personnel management, and take it to the next level, and not just prioritize it without really considering the potential of AAV independently. However, if they decide to privatize it, again, Lockheed Martin has already very strong collaboration and presence, so I think it already has its foot at the door very strongly. Nicola, you brought up Suda earlier. Is it fair to say that Alexandrupoli is now the Suda of the North? <laughs> Actually, Mikhail Signat, you made a great point. That I'm paraphrasing Michalis, he said, in the future, Alexandrupoli's strategic importance will raise to the point where Suda would be the Alexandrupoli of the South. So, by far, we see the importance of 
Alexandrupoli increasingly challenging Suda, which is a great thing because for us, I think if you see this axis at the two ends, on the two ends of Greece, you have at the top northern corner of Greece, and then at the very, very south, you have the two most strategic points for U.S.-NATO collaboration. And not just for NATO, that is the axis that guarantees European security. And actually, if you think about this, even though I hate the whole geopolitical analysis that Greeks usually like, that is an axis, north-south axis, along the fault line of west versus east. And this is also important because we don't have Greek-Turkish issues anymore. Now it's west and Turkey issues. Now we have democracies and autocracies issues. And Suda and Alexandrupoli are the axes that will connect the efforts to be able to defend whatever's coming in the future. Alexandrupoli didn't just emerge overnight. Is this a testament to the strategic foresight of you know, both Greek and U.S. planners here? Actually, that point was made repeatedly in the conference. And to be fair, the U.S. embassy actually was really, really ahead of its game, looking way in advance, and many years ago saw the potential of Alexandrupoli. I think some of the first visits took place in 2018. Uh, the vice mayor of Alexandrupoli really made that point that when the first delegation from the U.S. embassy arrived in Alexandrupoli in 2018, they couldn't believe what was going on. Like, like there's, there's no way this is going to happen. But then after a point, things started picking up very quickly. So Greeks had already invested in Alexandrupoli in many ways that now we see dividends. For example, the airport of Alexandrupoli is a great resource because, first of all, it was manufactured in such a way that it can host any size airplane, which is a huge deal for an airplane like in the middle of nowhere in northern Greece. You don't find this easily. And essentially, it's a 24 hours open airport, meaning like actually it only needs 20 minutes to activate. So Greeks had already, you know, they knew already the importance. They had invested in it for many different reasons that are, you know, that's besides the point now. But also the U.S. Embassy saw more specifically the importance of Alexandropoli over the past five years, given where Russia was headed and Turkey. You were in Alexandropoli for the forum. Visiting the city, it must be clear that it's undergone significant changes over the last years. How transformative has this been for, you know, a city like Alexandropoli and the region around it? Okay, first of all, I'm not an expert in Alexandropoli. So I need to be very careful. But that was my main question with the local authorities. I was lucky to talk more about that. So my concern, which actually was reaffirmed, is when you have so much focus on a very small region in the middle of nowhere, it's really difficult to manage all this development and the energy and the, and the money and the investments, all the actors arriving, the construction, the contractors. So there are challenges for the local authorities to figure out a way how to manage this. And this is something that needs to be discussed more internally. And honestly, I was extremely surprised because Bithynia, I'm a little bit pessimistic when it comes to local authorities in Greece, having grown up in Greece. However, what I heard from the local authorities, specifically in Alexandropoli, was something that made me happy, which is they are right now working on having an actual more strategic, like, like a business plan, in order to set up some parameters for how they will be managing what they want to get out of it what are the limitations and how will they manage all this huge traffic of construction workers and construction companies in the areas and investments? So that's a big deal because you can lose yourself in this. And they are aware of this. So that's the first step that makes me optimistic about how they're managing this. Nicola, it's been great chatting with you. And, you know, we're looking forward to future forums that will be continue to be held in Alexandropoli as it grows in importance. 
Thank you, Sana. In other news, EU officials on Friday pledged continued support to millions of Ukrainian refugees as they marked the anniversary of the Russian invasion. Ukraine can win this war, but we will be with Ukraine as long as it takes, EU Home Affairs Commissioner Ilva Johansson said on the sidelines of a conference on migration in Greece. Johansson urged members to conclude long-running negotiations to adopt new EU-wide migration rules and to assist Ukrainians who wish to return home but maintain their temporary resident status in the EU. The migration conference was organized by Greece, Austria, Poland, and Lithuania to discuss issues that include border management problems, including border wall construction. Finally, marking the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis expressed Greece's unwavering support to Kyiv in a tweet on Friday. One year after the illegal invasion of Ukraine by Russia, Greece stands unwaveringly on the side of the brave defenders of freedom and democracy. Our thoughts are also with the devastated city of Mariupol and our fellow Greeks there, he wrote. For his part, Foreign Minister Nikos Dendias reiterated in his post that Greece has been and remains on the side of the Ukrainian people, faithful to its principles of respect for international legitimacy and the territorial sovereignty of of all states and against any revisionism. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.